0: Hey there, it's Pat Miller, the Idea Coach, host of The Pat Miller Show. This show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true. Our slogan is Don't Grow It Alone. And what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Hope you love it. All right, let's go.
1: America's Small Business Conversation
0: is on the air.
1: It's the Pat Miller Show. One hour exclusively for entrepreneurs to work on your business, not in it. It's time to solve problems, capture opportunities, and celebrate your wins. Powered by
2: the Idea Collective small business community.
1: This
0: is the Pat Miller Show. Now your host, Pat Miller, the idea coach. Welcome into the Padmiller Show, America's small business conversation. And look at the time, friends. 2023 is over. Now, before we even like start the show, what? Holy bleep. 2023 is over. It seems like we were just talking about our word of the year. And no, now it's uh, happy trails. And (laughs) we're moving on to 2024. I want to share with you. The four biggest things that I learned in 2023, because what I learned this year is not some intricate 12-step class of information. I learned a few very basic things that actually came out as truths in my business and in my personal life. So I want to share that with you to start today's show. We also have on today's show, we're going to talk about managing your people. We're going to talk about sales conversations, and we're going to talk about setting our 2024 goals with mindfulness. So going into the conversation with what I learned in 23 and then setting goals as our last segment of the year, a perfect way to wrap up the Pat Miller Show. So, starting the conversation this week, these are the four things that I learned this year. The first one it's all and it's always about the people. When you're a solopreneur or you're a small business owner, we can get wrapped up in the how we do things and we can midnight oil and task list ourselves into the idea. That it's all about making things happen and sweating and hustling and doing the work. And that's all true. We have to do a good job. But it's all about the people. How do you sell something? You ask the potential client, what solution are they looking for? And then you make it come true. How do you grow the business? You meet new people who need what you have or know people that need what you have. How do you get better partners and subcontractors? You go meet people. There have been times in my life, and 2023 was one of them, when I didn't spend as much time as I should have going out and meeting people. It's all about the people. Having a community around you instead of just a network so you've got support along the way, Blatant plug, Idea Collective, and investing the time to leave the cave and go networking. It's essential. It's just, it's essential. You can't be a small business owner if you're not in the business of talking with and satisfying people. It has to happen. It's all about the people. That was the first thing that I learned this year. The second thing I learned this year, focus. Now, that sounds so corny. You got to focus as a small business owner. Well, no, duh. Of course you do. But I really learned about that this year. Around this time last year, my head was just exploding with all of these ways that we could go out and grow the Idea Collective small business community. And I was like a supernova expanding at the speed of light with new stuff to go do. And you know what I learned 12 months later? Very few of them worked. And you know why? Because I was all over the place. If I want to make this thing work and you want to make your thing work, the phrase is do less better. (laughs) Don't do 10 projects. Do one or two. Put all of your effort into one or two and get laser focused. Now, if you're like me, that can feel a little boring, but you got to dive into it. And having more projects is not better. Get super focused, get super clear, and you'll actually go a lot further. If you're just joining us, this is the Pat Miller Show. It's America's Small Business Conversation. And on our last show of 2023, I'm reflecting on what I learned. And the first thing that I learned is that it's always about the people The second thing that I learned is that focus is everything. We must narrow down the task list. The third thing that I learned in 2023, lean into who you are. I don't care what small business you run, whether you're a drop shipper, a retailer, a thought leader, a graphic designer, it doesn't matter Here's the sad truth. Every single one of your customers is one mouse click away from finding 10 other people that provide the service you do. None of us from our product alone is unique. However, all of us are unique in who we are. And if you lean into who you are and how you do it for whom you do it, You can mix up a very unique, one-of-a-kind business. That means you resist the temptation that's so easy to fall into on LinkedIn and other professional forums of papering over the things that you need to learn or faking it until you make it and make everyone think you're this cutout of a perfect person that has it all figured out. But when in reality, you can connect with your ideal client and you can show up and be remembered by being yourself. Lean into your flaws. Say what you think out loud. Lean into your creativity and do it in a way that nobody else does. Define your target audience in a courageous way. No, I'm not for women. I'm for single moms. No, I'm not for athletes. I'm for. Tennis players. No, I'm not for all cars. I'm for imports. Get courageous. Go after the market segment that you want to be in because it's your passion. If you lean into who you are, then you can find a market space that is truly unique because you might not be able to be one click away from finding someone that coaches tennis for high school kids. That are left-handed. Like you're the leading left-handed tennis coach in the country. That's super unique. Because you're super unique. Lean into it. And when you lean into it, all the good stuff is on the back of that. So be confident and lean in to who you are. So it's all about the people. You got to focus and you got to lean into who you are. The fourth big thing that I learned in 2023... And this one, boy, this became apparent to me. I now believe in systems over goals to move the business forward. You hear about goal setting ad nauseum. We've been talking about goal setting on the Pat Miller show for like five weeks in a row because it's that time of year. What do you want to have come true next year? Let's cast our vision. We'll manifest it. I mean, fine. It's great. I love thinking big. But I am now a firm believer in systems over goals. And I'll give you an example. Let's say I wanted to have 10 new clients next year. And to get 10 new clients, I would need to meet 50 new people. So the goal would be have 10 new clients. But systems over goals would say, I don't need 50 new people or 10 new clients. The system would be. I'm going to do five introductions on LinkedIn every day. And I know when I do that, I'll meet at least one new person. And if I do five introductions on LinkedIn every day, I will achieve that goal. This became apparent to me in 2023 when I went on a weight loss journey with my son. I wanted to lose some weight, so we did the 75 Hard Behavior Challenge. I won't go into what it is, but look it up if you're serious about losing some weight because it tells you you need to do all of these actions every day or you go back to the first step. It's brutal, but it trains you on the power of systems. So think about what that big goal is for 2024. What must you do every single day? And if you do this every single day, the goal will take care of itself it works. Trust me. The four big things I learned this year. It's all about the people. Focus is everything. Lean in to who you are and systems over goals. I'm taking that with me into 2024, and I hope it helps you. Coming up next, we're talking about managing people. Are you good at it? Did you wake up and find yourself a manager? It's on the air next on The Pat Miller Show.
1: America's Small Business Conversation continues next
3: on The Pat Miller Show. You're an expert in your own field, so why not get paid for it? Hey there, it's Wendy Babcock. My VIP Paid Speaker Program is just the ticket you need to convert your knowledge into real income. No matter what
4: size group you're speaking to, or if you don't have any products, books, or programs to sell, even if you're not a celebrity or a household name. From crafting your talk to finding and booking paid speaking gigs, get it all with Wendy's VIP Paid Speaker Program.
3: Keynote speakers can make anywhere from 2500 to 7500 bucks a talk. Together, we'll not only amp up your speaking game, you'll discover the ins and outs of finding and booking those lucrative gigs and get paid every time you step on stage.
4: Right now, get 90 days of full access to the Paid Speaker Vault and a direct line to Wendy, plus a bonus, an immersive three-hour VIP day with Wendy to create your online profiles that event hosts
3: simply can't resist. Don't wait. Sign up now at VIPpaidspeaker.com. VIPpaidspeaker.com.
1: Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues
4: on The Pat Miller Show.
0: Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show, America's Small Business Conversation. I'm your host, Pat Miller, founder of The Idea Collective. And I woke up one day and realized, whoa, I'm not just a founder of the business. I'm also a manager now. I've got people I need to lead and I got to make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. I never signed up for this. Well, if you're a small business owner you actually did sign up for this. You are now a manager, even though you don't have managers. So let's have a conversation about how to do it right. Because on this show, we want to make sure that we're helping you improve your business. So we're bringing in an expert, Matt Lay, the principal of Flip the Script. Matt, welcome to the Pat Miller Show. How are you today? Doing well, Pat. Glad to be here. Glad you're here because this topic is something that we don't realize till it's too late. Is that a fair assessment that, oh my gosh, I'm a manager now?
2: Yeah, it's it's kind of something that sneaks up on uh, people, especially in the small business space, because you you start out with this idea and you're so focused on creating that value, that proposition, that thing that you provide for people. So you've got a vision of how you're going to do it. You've got the value proposition and you start going and then success happens and you start to grow. And as you start to grow, that leadership and contribution sort of separate a bit and in the middle of that slips management and it's real quiet and it comes in and it can blindside you.
0: (laughs) It comes in in the night and it sneaks up behind you and oh my gosh, it's there. What are some of the early indications or warning signs that someone feels when they weren't thinking about being a manager and now they are? Where does it first emerge as a problem?
2: It starts to emerge when you, in a story would be like you walk into a room, you're talking to your team. You're clear in your head. You know what need to get done. Everyone looks like they're in agreement. You walk away. You come back a week later, ask for the update, and everything is not necessarily 180, but not where you thought it would be. And you're like, something got lost in translation. So that lost in translation Mm -hmm. is that friction that you start to feel when management isn't being addressed.
0: So what do we do to go from product creator visionary to tactical, strategic manager that communicates with the team so they hear what you mean so the work actually gets done? How do we start to make that transformation as a small business owner?
2: I think the first thing is just realizing that between uh, ideation and implementation, there are steps in, in the middle. And those steps are activation and optimization. And that's the management space. And so when you're just by yourself, you actually still are dealing with these, but it's a lot easier because it's really your brain talking to your brain. So there's not as much loss in translation. But when you step into a, a group of even two people, all of a sudden, even when you're spending a lot of time together, you start to maybe forget that you need to activate, get people on the same page and then optimize, make sure that we're more sufficiently using our time. And so some of the ways to really start that conversation, uh, I'd say three simple steps. One, one, Start having one-on-ones with your people, even if you think you're with them every day. Set aside. I usually say my parameters are at least thirty minutes every two weeks, and no more than one hour every week. Somewhere within that range. And the goal of the one-on-one is just to ask them how how are things going? How are things in your world? And just create the space and hold it for them. It's not just metrics. It's just what's their journey? Because then you're going to get that feedback. Because at the end of the day, what you need is feedback of how things are going. And a second piece would be job descriptions, some sort of role overview of what are the expectations and accountabilities that this person is supposed to be taking care of so that there's an agreement on it. And ideally, I love to see it when it's done. We've got sort of like a percentage of how much time and or energy you think this person's going to dedicate to each of these particular pieces so that you can get some clear understanding of like, hey, you're you're in charge of marketing, but 25% of your job is going to be managing the back end of this tool. And you thought, all of your job was going to be creative and creating all of these new marketing pieces. We don't have that conversation up front. Lots of friction points can happen along. The and then I'd say the third thing is really setting goals. So you're getting clear on what growth looks like because goals are for growth, metrics are for maintenance. Particularly in a small business as you're growing, you want to make sure you're setting goals. I'd say 90 days is my favorite quantity of time because it's uh, just about enough time. I think Gino Wickman, Did it in his, uh, the traction book, the EOS system. 90 days is enough time to feel like you can get something done, but not so much that you feel like you can wait to start it. So annual goals, not as great, 90 days. But that way you're just checking in and are we making progress and moving in a direction that we're all being aware of. So it's just conscious awareness and feedback. And those are three different flavors of how to do that. To have one-on-ones, job descriptions, and 90-day goals.
0: Great pieces of advice for you if you're now a manager. You were just a simple solopreneur, but now you're managing people, and that comes with a whole new set of opportunities to be positive and responsibilities, which is the day-to-day. We're talking with Matt Lay from Flip the Script about how to be a better manager. I want to dig in on the understanding of roles for a second because our business will grow, and there comes a point where it's all hands on deck to deliver the product. How would you approach an employee that's in charge of one thing and you want to add on a responsibility to their role because the business demands it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd start with the conversation of the why. Why is this a part of, okay, what are we here to accomplish? That's part of, if you don't have like a vision or mission statement for your business that you can really easily flip into a question, Uh, that becomes the sort of boundaries of, we're here to offer the best uh, customer service in the auto industry possible. Uh, is this thing that we're doing helping us to deliver the best customer service in the auto industry possible? Yes or no? And yeah. if the answer is yes, everyone should be getting can get on board with that and say, "Hey, as we're growing, all of a sudden there's this new set of activities that need to get done." As I'm looking at the pie of all of the experiences and capabilities and roles that we have, I think it makes the most sense that it sits. In your plate, what do you think? And then have that conversation to allow them the space to one, maybe tell you something that you totally didn't even think of that's coming from a different perspective. And two, get to used to it and own it before all of a sudden you're like just plopping out place saying, "Look, it's a thing that needs to get done. someone needs to do it. You, you're in charge of it." It's a lot harder to get buy-in, because the longer you do that and you don't get that buy-in, the more people are not quite sure exactly how the thing they do. Impacts the value. And if they can't see that equation, like the way I put it is I don't think anyone really cares if they're a cog in the wheel as long as they understand where the wheel is going, agree with them, and understand how the cog affects them. So you're helping them to understand both of those pieces to help forward progress.
0: Last question before we run out of time. You've said several times hold the space for people. and you talked earlier about how when we are doing it all by ourselves, we can go as fast as we want because it's us talking to ourselves. But as the interview has gone on, you've talked about holding the space, it sounds like it's a good reminder to make sure that when you're managing people, you're really in the listening and conversation,
2: not the telling business. Is that the right way to think about it? Absolutely. I, I think that's a great point to bring out of uh, the biggest part of communication effective uh, communication is listening. It's helping to hold that space so you can hear other people and make sure you're at the right level, which is to say you're not just listening to hold the space so that you can hurry up and get to your point once they're done, take a breath. And it's really not even what a lot of people, I would say, put in that active listening, where it's being able to repeat back to the person what they said. I think of it as more of like a global listening. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about us. So how are you bringing something in the picture that I can also engage in so that we can make something more than each of us as we have this conversation?
0: If you woke up and realized you're a manager, hopefully this conversation helped you. Matt Lay, principal for Flip the Script. Thanks for coming on The Pat Miller Show. I appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. Enjoyed it. Thanks.
1: America's Small Business Conversation continues next
0: on The Pat
4: Miller Show. Developing your business is a journey, so make sure and bring along a trusted sidekick. As your business grows, Sidekick Accounting will be there. Sidekick Accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, tax preparation, and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick. Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414-310-7689. That's 414 414- You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit sidekick-accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey. So bring along a trusted sidekick.
1: Now, America's small business conversation continues
0: on the Pat Miller show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show, America's small business conversation. And if you're in small business, there's one thing that you want to do. You want to make some more sales. Wouldn't it be great if you could make some more sales? Oh, sales are so sweet. But if you're sitting there saying, I need to make more sales, our next guest is saying, well, not so fast. There's something in between you wanting more sales and you getting more sales. So let's welcome to the show Jennifer Fry, CEO and founder of Appreciated Asset, Jennifer, great to see you. Thanks for coming on the Pat Miller Show. How are you today? I'm great, Pat. Thanks for having me. Now, I'm curious. I want more sales. Not so fast. There's something that we're missing. What do you mean? I want more sales. Why can't I get more sales right away? What are we missing?
5: Well, to have more sales, you need to have more sales conversations. In order to do that, you really need to step up the prospecting efforts in making sure that you're prospecting through various channels, through qualified people, you know, your audience, your ideal audience. You wanna make
0: sure that that's what the goal really focused in creating those initial opportunities, creating more. We hear a lot about sales technique and how to close people better. We don't often hear about prospecting and qualifying. Why is that? Because few people are experts in it or it's often overlooked? You would think we'd spend more time in this area.
5: Well, it takes a lot of legwork. Um, There's a high, high uh, chance of rejection, especially when you're doing something like a cold call. Um, People can be pretty unkind. Um, I have built a business really on the struggle to leap that cold calling is the fastest, most effective way to create rapport, which is a prospect wish list. But you have to be willing to know that you're going to get rejected at some point. Uh, the other thing about prospecting that I see is that people get way too hard on the details. They're trying to pre qualify people um, before they even pick up the phone to introduce themselves. And they're doing all this legwork to 90% of the time just leave a voicemail, because that's usually what happens, that first outreach. Uh, and then they don't want to do the follow-up, because that takes time. So I think a lot of it is just, you know, the time that you need to commit to really create this opportunity.
0: Now, you said qualifying, not doing it in advance. But I do want to talk about how we qualify once we get a prospect. But before we do that, let's talk about those prospects. Is there one channel that we're using? Are all channels developing prospecting? How do we think about going for those initial outreaches and where do we find them?
5: I think a lot of that depends on if you have a product or a service, if it's high ticket or low ticket. Um, There are so many different channels. I tend to really focus on the ones that are high touch, low-tech, because those are the relationship-building channels. So things like cold calling. Networking, speaking, podcasting, um, word of welcome referral, uh, collaborations. So those are kind of the channels that I tend to really focus on because they build you relationships.
0: And that's what you need to get from I'm a prospect to maybe I'm a lead that I've never heard it put that way. Low-tech, high-touch. That's that's really good. So we're talking with Jennifer Fry about creating more prospects so then you can eventually get more sales. But just having a bunch of prospects, that's really not the thing. we got to have the right prospects. And it was interesting, you put qualifying them, it sounded like, after identifying them as a prospect. So how do we go about qualifying them to see if the conversation should continue?
5: Well, you want to generally know that they fall in your wheelhouse. Like so you want to genuinely genuinely know before you reach out to someone, is this an ideal prospect for me? But then when it comes to the pre-qualified questions, is the revenue in the right range for who you serve, the team size, the location, you know, those are the kind of things that you can ask prior to an actual sales call. Um, prior to and even before it's a sales call, I feel like it should be more discovery. Is this even the right fit? You know, let's learn a little more about each other and how we may be able to support you. Um, if not, maybe we know someone who can and really coming in out with a heart of service of just forming a true connection. And again, we talk about relationships. That's how you build long relationship. relationships. I can teach you how to close. I can teach you how to handle an objection with that rebuttal tear, close wall street, a boiler room sales strategy. I, I, I learned that. I. You know, and that gets you closes. It does not get you long-term relationships. It gets you transactions. And what happens when you close someone in that way is when someone comes behind you and they're 5% cheaper or they're 10% faster and you haven't built this value and you haven't built this really disruptive quality about your service and your delivery, then that person who comes right around behind
0: you is going to take that call right away from you. What's interesting, we started saying we want more sales. Then we started to say we need more sales conversations, more prospects. But now what you're saying is really what I think is the gold. It's not more sales, it's more sales relationships. It's not finding someone to sell something to and never selling a second thing. It sounds like you're saying build those relationships so you have a client for a long period of time. Am I hearing that right?
5: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that one of the most valuable things you can do for someone is if they say no, turning that into a work now and creating a futures pipeline for yourself, you know, and the question there would be, when would be the ideal time for me to circle back? And I ask that all the time. It's not going to work in my best interest or a potential client's best interest to push them into sale that they are not ready for um, because it helps you meet your metrics, I guess I If you want to really grow a business, if you want to really grow a portfolio of clients, the best way to do that is on the timeline that makes the most sense for them and really respecting it. So being willing to wait, being there for, let's call it the long game, as opposed to just that short, you know, now, 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 that's about what's best for you, not necessarily what's best for
0: Ultimately, if you find these sales relationships that become long-term partners of yours, that's the goal. But to get to that one relationship, I would imagine we're having multiples of qualified conversations and then multiples of prospects that we have to reach out to. So maybe this is the reason why nobody talks about it, because it's a lot of work that a lot of us, like me, don't feel like doing. I mean, how many prospecting conversations should we be having to get to that one golden sales relationship that will live with us for a while?
5: I mean, that's the million dollar question. <laughs> you, you obviously don't want to be having 10 sales conversations and then just moving forward with one client. The goal is, you know, as you create these top of the funnel activities and you're bringing more people into your world and then you're. Pre-qualifying them and then you're having discovery calls that move into a sales conversation. As you move through that process, the goal is when you get to that final sales conversation, you already have both agreed that this is a fit. It's just really a matter of talking about how are we going to move forward together? So it, it depends. I mean, do you want to say that if you have 20 prospects, 10, this conversation will be in 10 sales conversations? Uh, It depends how you qualify those metrics or the KPIs for that conversion. But for me, I would rather have fewer sales conversations, but much more concentrated people who are interested, who know what I do, who have agreed that we can make a difference for them, uh, and that are ready to move forward. But now, it's not a conversation later. Because if it is, let's just have that conversation later. There's no need to do it now. You're not ready to make a move now. Let's talk when it's better time.
0: If you want more sales, you need more sales prospects. An interesting conversation, Jennifer Fry, CEO and founder of Appreciated Asset. Thanks for coming on the Pat Miller Show. It's great talking with you. Thank you. A conversation around sales just needs to happen more often. If you boil down everything that stands in the way of you getting your small business dreams, it almost always comes back To more sales. Sales fixes everything. So, a big thanks to Jennifer for coming on the show and helping us improve our sales skills. Selling is one of the ongoing conversations inside the Idea Collective small business community. Now, you've been tuning into the show, which I appreciate, and hopefully you're picking up the vibe that collaboration is more important than competition and that every small business owner needs a network so we can sell stuff, but we need a community. So we can make our business work. The difference is that a network is where you meet people to sell things to. A community is where you surround yourself with people that believe in collaboration over competition. It's where people get together to actually help one another. That's what's happening in the Idea Collective small business community. And it's available to you for free. Maybe today. Maybe today is the chance for you to visit smallbusinesscommunity.com. That's small. Community.com and take our two-week free trial. See if this is right for you and see if the support of other small business owners is what you're missing to make 2024 a killer year. Visit smallbusinesscommunity.com and check it out. You've got nothing to lose except the frustration of building it all by yourself. Coming up next, we're talking about 2024 goals with Caitlin Henze on The Pat Miller Show.
1: America's small business conversation continues next
0: on the Pat Miller
4: show.
3: Are you a woman who needs to protect and grow your business? Or do you have a secret dream to start one? I bet you do. If you don't have a lawyer on your side, you may be putting your family and personal assets at risk. I know, I know. You might be avoiding lawyers because they seem overwhelming or intimidating. That's why you have to meet the team at Athena Legal Solutions, LLC.com. This all-woman team of talented lawyers are the most approachable, knowledgeable, and friendly team, you'll ever meet. They exist solely to support women business owners who often go without the legal support they truly need. In 2023, they want to help 223 women create a solid legal foundation for their business. The first 100 women who mention this ad will receive over $100 off of their LLC starter package. Visit Athena Legal Solutions LLC.com.
1: Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues
0: on The Pat Miller Show. Welcome back to The Pat Miller Show, America's Small Business Conversation. We're ending the year with an important conversation. We look forward into 2024 and we have big hopes, we have big dreams, and we have big goals. What if they all could come true? What if you could make some changes to improve your odds of them coming true. And that's what we are going to leave you with in 2023. We're going to talk about a different approach to accomplishing your goals that includes some mindset work and some ways that we think about our goals and who we include in the goal setting process. It's going to be an interesting conversation. And fortunately, we have an expert. Caitlin Henze, founder of Passion to Profit Consulting, joins us. Caitlin, welcome to the Pat Miller Show. How are you today?
6: Thank you, Pat. I'm doing well and happy to be on the show.
0: I'm glad you're here. We all have big 2024 goals, but there's a difference between having the goals and having the goals come true. I know that you love to infuse mindset as a different approach to making goals happen. Can you explain the overview of what you mean by that and how mindset plays a role?
6: Sure. So the mindset that many of us go into goal setting with is I have to achieve it. This is something so important to me personally or to my business that we have to make sure we hit whatever goal we set. And so we either end up setting goals that are underselling us or that might be so challenging that we just feel... Distracted or disappointed the entire time when we're not able to accomplish it. So, the mindset shift that I like to help small businesses with is to actually seek out and intentionally plan for failure because failure allows you to learn. And people might think, well, why would I want to fail on my goals? Well, the reason to do that is that in the beginning of the year, when you set your strategic goals, you have no idea what the 12 months ahead might bring you if you intentionally seek out failure and learning it allows you to shift what you're prioritizing and maybe even shift what that end result goal might be because of the way that your experience shapes you along the way
0: now with that growth mindset i think you just said the million dollar phrase we push our goals to failure so we can learn recalibrate and keep moving forward am i hearing that right
6: Yes, we do a continuously iterative approach to goal setting. The methodology that I like to use is OKR, or Objective and Key Result. It's a very popular goal setting methodology that many large companies have championed. And I think that, work, that it works really well for smaller companies also, because in that objective statement, you're setting a overarching vision, a statement of intent, something that you want to be true for you or your business at the end of the year. The key result metrics and the initiatives, which are the tasks, are what changes potentially month to month or quarter to quarter. Because you look at the data, quantitative and qualitative data, you look at the work that you're doing, and you take a minute to pause and reflect and say, is the work that I'm doing helping me make progress on my metrics and getting me closer to having that statement of intent be true. If the answer is no and there's misalignment, then that's a cue for us to switch.
0: This is a fascinating conversation because we're talking about 2024 goals and how to actually make them happen. Caitlin Henzey is our guest. One thing that you believe in, and it kind of is a different way of looking at accomplishing a goal we hear all the time we need to laser focus and only focus on the objective. But I've heard you say before, no, you got to kind of be aware of what's happening around you and adjust on the fly. Can you touch on that?
6: Yes, it helps to pause, to just pause and reflect on a variety of different things that are going on in your environment. You know, mindfulness has been such a watered-down word in our culture recently because People use it very regularly, and we sometimes don't even know what that means. But I like to tell people that mindfulness is just being intentionally aware of what's happening in the present moment. So yes, it's good to be focused on the future. And if we pause every month or so to say, what is the work that we've accomplished? What do our quantitative and qualitative metrics look like? What are our stakeholders saying about us? And those stakeholders could be customers, internal or external, your employees, donors that you work with, external partners. What do they need and desire from us? What are we gathering from the environment through observation, empathy-type conversations, and just taking in all of that information to say, now, with all that information, what do we need to shift In order to get to that statement of intent at the end of the year.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up because the last big differentiator about the way you've shared that you look at accomplishing goals is including different people in the room. And it goes back to what many small business owners are told over and over again, oh, if Henry Ford asked his customers, they'd ask for a faster horse, you know best, innovate, blah, blah, blah. But. What you're saying is let your customers, let your stakeholders in the room. And some people don't think that way. You were touching on it there, but why is that the best way forward?
6: Most of us have experienced a organization or a strategic planning process where the senior leaders get in the room for a half day or full day session, sometimes even more, and create a strategic plan, and then in best case scenarios, actually communicate that to the organization and maybe cascade team goals that all go back to that company strategic goal. And while that has worked very well for organizations for many, many years, I think that we need to do it a bit of the reverse way. So rather than having the senior leaders form the goals and then create and then communicate them to the organization, ask a variety of different people on their perspectives about what the organization should prioritize. One of the questions that I like to prompt with my clients is, what one or two big things do you think X company needs to focus on in 2024? Ask that to your customers, to your employee base, to variety of external partners, get a sense of their needs and desires and use that information to think about what common themes come up. And soon after you converge on those themes, patterns start to arise and that becomes your two to three objective pillars then you're able to create metrics after that and align the work that you do.
0: You were thinking about your 2024 goals and were you ready to embrace failure or to be aware of the adjustments you needed to make or include everyone? That's what this conversation is all about. And best of luck on accomplishing those big goals in 2024. Caitlin Henze, founder of Passion to Profit Consultants. Thanks for coming on the Pat Miller Show. I really appreciate it.
6: Thank you so much, Pat.
0: Out of time for this week's episode. We will be right here next week. Thanks for tuning in and Happy New Year! Thanks for listening to The Pat Miller Show.
1: See patmillershow.com for more information on today's guests, events, and the Idea Collective Small Business Community.
2: A worldwide group working together to fight fear, inexperience,
0: and isolation for small business owners everywhere.
1: Join us next week for The Pat Miller Show. And remember get clear, work hard, and never quit.